how she turned $5 into $10 million by making cupcakes, how to erase self-limiting beliefs, the four steps of mastering any skill, how to show up for yourself, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 392 with the founder and director of joy at The Cupcake Collection, Mignon Francois. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, Nick Carrier. I believe the path to getting closer to the best version of yourself is different for all of us, but it follows the same framework. Our lives have six different areas, health, personal, career, financial, spiritual, and relational. And in order to get closer to the best version of ourselves, we want to be managing all of those areas at all times, but also be spiking in one of them. If you want to learn how to do this, then check out my free Best You Planner and video course at nickcarrier.com slash best journey. Again, nickcarrier.com slash best journey. Y'all, today's episode is one for the ages. I am so excited to introduce you to the one and only Mignon Francois. I mean, that name is so cool. You know she's going to be amazing. Mignon Francois is the founder and director of Joy at the Cupcake Collection. Using her follow your spirit approach, Mignon took the $5 that she had for dinner one week and turned it into a family legacy with over 5 million cupcakes sold. Today, she uses her business to serve the community and teach others about what they can do if they simply believe in themselves. Before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, and be sure you share the episode with a friend or a family member while you're listening. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, which I know you're going to love this one, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Mignon Francois. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I am super stoked today to be joined by the one and only Mignon Francois. Mignon, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. I could not be more excited. <laughs> thanks for letting me spend time with you. <laughs> of course. Well, We've had a, an awesome brief little conversation leading into the call, and I appreciate you joining from Germantown, just a little bit north of me, about 10, 15 minutes. So excited to be joined by you today. And the first time I actually was made aware of you was listening to the Business Made Simple podcast with Donald Miller. Yeah, because I'm a huge Business Made Simple fan myself. And so when I heard your story, I was just blown away. I was driving back from Chattanooga to Nashville, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the, one of the most inspiring ladies I've ever met. And, you know, I've been to Germantown a, a number of times and I think I had noticed the cupcake collection before, but I had never really registered on my radar. And literally I got home, it was like a Monday evening after I listened. And then Tuesday I went and got my first uh, like six cupcakes. Yay, what'd you <laughs> get? Were, and did you like what you got? Oh, they were great. I think I got the, I think I got, I got four, three different kinds of things. I got the sweet potato, the red velvet, and I can't remember the, uh, the other one, but I, I had to go for the sweet. I've loved. I'm a big sweet potato guy, and so I definitely had to get had to get that. But they were sweet potatoes are the new pumpkins, right? Oh, I, agree. I completely agree, <laughs> completely agree. Um, and safe to say, those cupcakes were gone like by the end of the evening. So <laughs> that's um, all I ever want to know <laughs> that they're gone. I yeah, love exactly. that you remembered sweet potato. And red velvet, because those are our top selling cupcakes in either location of our store. Mm. So we won best cake in Tennessee and best cake in Louisiana. That's the only two states where I have stores at. And so yeah. one store won best cake in the state for one of those flavors and the other got for the other flavor. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. That way, so which state was which flavor? Um, this, last year it was sweet potato, I think in both. And this okay. year it was sweet potato in new Orleans and red velvet in Nashville. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I promise y'all, we're not going to just talk about cupcakes all day long. Um, <laughs> probably making you hungry, but, uh, anyways, what way I kind of want to start is to give everybody a little bit further context and orientation with regards to your story, but you've lived in, in Germantown for a little while now and, you know, early on when you were living there, you put up a sign that said the, a bakery was coming soon. And then 
a little while went by and no bakery was there, but then somebody called you out saying that you're a liar and that there's no bakery and I've really been looking forward to this. And you're like, what cake do you want? And you went out and made her a cake for free. And then kind of <laughs> word got around that you were doing this. And there were, I love the, the lemon crack house. That was hilarious. Um, but long story short, you kind of one day had $5 worth of supplies and then you turned that into $60 within that day. And then you turned the $60 into $600 by the end of the week. And ultimately, over the years now, you're a multi-million dollar business with the Cupcake Collection, which is just such an inspiring story. So I know I just kind of glossed over it quickly, but to give everybody a little bit further. I love how you did that. You did a very good job of making it succinct so that we can get on to the other business of why we're talking here today, because there's so much that has happened in this 14 year journey. That was just a piece of it at the beginning. And there's so much more to learn. So I love that you brought that to the table for me. So thank you for that. You've made this. That will be the reason why I've smiled after this today. That's awesome. That's awesome. But, I, you know, and I think one of the things that really struck me hard about the story is that you always did have a lot of belief in yourself and you were instilled with self-belief from a young age. Yeah. But at the same time, you were had limiting beliefs at the same time. And, and I feel like my parents as well instilled a lot of belief in me. And I feel like probably, hopefully a lot of people listening have been instilled with a lot of belief themselves, but they don't really know that they have limiting beliefs. So talk a little bit about what that journey and or transformation was like with regards to trying to overcome those limiting beliefs and how you were able to do that. I think when you're growing a thing, when you're creating something and you're in the trenches, you don't know you're in the trenches, right? You don't, you don't know that necessarily you're struggling. I mean, it's just your life. It's every day what you're doing. And I think that's the same in this particular situation. While my parents were always saying, you can be anything, you can do anything, go, go, go. I somehow still made bad choices, surrounded myself with people who wanted to diminish me in certain ways. And then some things were just what I decided, but I never wanted to be a victim. And so I wanted to try to get myself out of the situation that I was in. And I think that's the same for when you're growing a business, when you're small, you know, you have small problems when you get bigger your problems don't go away. You just get bigger problems. And I think that a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough grace or enough light for the step that we're on. You know, I think at that time when my parents were saying I could be and do, and you're, you're good enough, you're pretty enough that I didn't really believe those things, but maybe those are things where the wind beneath me to push me into trying. And then as I've gotten some success and gained some traction in business, I've been able to show other people about what they can do if they believe. That doesn't mean that I never wake up feeling like, you know, how am I going to do this today? And it caused me to say, you know what? I'm not getting on Instagram. I'm not getting on Facebook. I'm shutting that down. Like, you know, just because even still those things can trip me up, you know, because you see other people creating this life and it somehow makes you feel like whatever I'm doing is not big enough. And you know how hard you're grinding, you know, how hard you're working, but it's a matter of how well someone has crafted something else for you to see that can tip the scale for you in the wrong direction. So I think for me, it has just been a matter of guarding my mind. And I'm not going to say that I've figured this part out all out. This is something that I've been teaching my team all week in that book that I showed you earlier called Lead Like Jesus. And what it said is that there are four different categories of anywhere we are in learning a thing. So a novice is someone that's just starting out. An apprentice is someone in training. A journeyman is someone able to work independently. And a master is able to teach others. And I think that in any part of our lives, any of us is in any one of those sections 
in some category of our life. So while I might be a master of faith, I might be a master of doing things hard, of doing things, even though there's no evidence that it'll work, of believing in myself. On the other hand, I might be a a journeyman or an apprentice when it comes to picking myself up off the ground today. You know what I mean? But tomorrow I might be on that journeyman level. I'm just trying to say sometimes each day is going to be a little bit different when it comes to that. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I definitely resonate with those four steps of learning. And then I like what you previously said with regard to guarding your mind, because so many, so many limiting beliefs don't arise from within. They arise from something that you see in the outside world. And then, and then you put yourself down because of that. And so I think really being aware. There's a good, great Jim Rohn quote about being the guard of your mind. If I forget exactly what it is, I don't want to butcher it, but I think that is so crucial and something for people to definitely yeah. have the ability to take action on. One thing I'm I'm curious is I want to get a little bit more specific with regards to, you know, I went from $5 to 60 to 600 to 10, 10 plus million. At what point during this journey were you like, this cupcake collection is going to open? Because I, th- I feel like the $600 in a week, you're probably like, oh my gosh, there might be something here. And then at one point from that $600, how long did it take until the cupcake collection is actually born? I love that question. Thank you for asking. Because a lot of times people think that overnight success is actually overnight. And just because they're hearing my name all of a sudden, that means that I popped up from out of nowhere and did this last week. We're talking two years. I worked every day for two years like I had a store before that store ever even opened. And that's what it takes in order to open a business. You have to be consistent when other people are not being consistent. You have to show up and continue to be able and willing to research your product and continue to show up for it every day when no one is knocking on your door and cares about what it is that you're doing. There were times that I was doing the bake sale at my children's school and trying to raise money and that sort of thing. And no one noticed it from the time that we made $600 in a week. I knew that I had something I wanted to do, but this wasn't the first time. Like I had had business ideas before, you know, and I've always been a child of invention. And I've always made everything for myself. When it was time for me to go to college, I had to figure out doing the application and figure out getting a scholarship and going and asking for help from where I could get that. My mother worked many hours and most of the time, three jobs every day. You know, so coming home and going to her other job at home meant that I had to figure out some of these things on my own. So I think that people don't understand that. I think it's Malcolm Gladwell who said it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at something. And so overnight success then takes 10 years to get there. I appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of people start to take action. And when they don't see the results quickly enough, that's when they give up, right? Because so much of your belief in yourself and your belief in whatever it is that you're doing is determined by the results that you're getting. And so you're doing two years of just putting in the grind and not that you weren't getting results. It's just that it wasn't, you know, the cupcake collection yet, but you still had to just go every single day and and show up and show out every single day in order to make it vertical. There were days that I wanted to quit in those two years. There were days I quit in those two years on myself. And I think that that's what always happened for me. When the question that you asked a few minutes ago, I think if I ever quit on anything or anybody, it was always on me. I never quit on anybody or anything that anyone needs from me. I always quit on me. And I wanted to stop quitting on me. 
I wanted to show up for me the way that I show up for everybody else. I wanted to do for me what I do for everybody else. I was standing in the mirror, the I think that was just about two days ago. And I said, for the rest of 2022, I am just telling myself, girl, you are fine. And we are drinking water and sipping tea and telling ourselves how good we are for the rest of 2022. Do you understand me, girl? Like, that's what I said to myself in the mirror. And every day since that I've been in the mirror, I have reminded her that she is fine (laughs) and that we're going to just zip our water and going about our business. Because this time it was about not quitting on me. And so, like I said, I had other businesses. This wasn't the first one. This was just the one I followed all the way through. Now that I've gotten there, it's just like you said, people give up when the opportunity is really just waiting around the corner, peeking around saying, okay, you know, like hide and seek, you know how the person who's hiding is looking around the corner and say, here she comes. Or when a surprise party is about to happen, they're pulling up right now. It's like going to the surprise party that everyone has planned for you. And when you pull up and everybody's waiting to yell surprise, you get back in your car and pull off. That's generally what some people really are at when they quit. It's so true. Sometimes the opportunity is right on the other end of where a lot of people are. But I think one of the things that you said that's super, that I've seen a lot and a lot of other people is like you said, people will quit on themselves before they quit on anybody else. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I experience a lot, I'm a fitness trainer and I run a 10 week transformation program. And a lot of people will keep promises to others a whole lot better than they keep promises to themselves. And I talk to people about Sure, I want you to get the results that you want with your health and your body and everything like that. But ultimately, success in this program is when you can become the person who follows through with the promises that you make to yourself. And so for you personally, what do you think it takes for somebody to get to the point where they are willing to not quit on themselves like they wouldn't quit on somebody else? So what does it take for somebody to become the person who will take their word as seriously as they will some maybe somebody else's? You have the best questions. Um, I, I think you have to be hungry. Yeah. If you are hungry, hunger will make you do some great and amazing and sometimes strange things. Mm. And I've been hungry. My children have been hungry. And that desire to want to feed them and never watch them be hungry again has been the game changer for me. I wanted to be the hero in our story. And when I see other people who say they want what I have, well, are you willing to do what I do to get what I get? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that was the charge that was sent out to me. I was walking down the street. I love telling the story. I love rap music and Jesus. And I was listening to this rap song between Kanye and Jay-Z. And and the song is Otis, in case you want to go back and read it. But But Kanye says, they ain't see me because I pulled up in my other bands. Last week, I was in my other other bands and I was just like, wait a minute, God, he has options and they're luxurious and I don't have anything like I'm living in this German town area and everybody around me has affluence and I don't even have gas. Like I don't even have lights. Is it that are you willing to put in whatever it takes to be me? And I think the price that I had to pay for that was faith currency. I believe that your faith is money that will perform for you. It's like money that will perform for you. So if you look at the characteristics of having faith and you look at the characteristics of putting money in a bank, money has its paper. Well, I I was telling one of my team members, when I pay you on Fridays, do you ever see it? Like, have you ever seen it? Right. How do you know that I'm going to pay you? She she said, because I believe it. And I said, and that's why you get it. Mm. You, you get it because you believe it. And the more you believe in it, operate and give it power by giving your faith to it, the more return you get from it. You can't get anything out of it if you don't invest in it. Same thing at the bank. You can't go and withdraw anything you haven't already invested into it. And what I love about faith as currency 
it has a greater return than money has. You can just put a little bit of a tiny bit of faith, get you big, gigantic results. There's a biblical proverb that says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could make mountains move. How much money would you actually need to move a mountain? Like, the environmentalists are going to be on your back about moving this mountain and all of the things that you're going to cause in the atmosphere. If you move them out, like, I don't think there's anybody that has enough money to cut a mountain and move it out of the way just because you will it to. Right. And so I just, I believe that that's what really performed for me. I love that. I've probably, I feel like I've had to have heard that before, but I love the faith currency idea because like you said, if having faith is just essentially believing without seeing, and so that allows you to just continue to go. When you're not seeing quite what you want to see yet, it allows you to continue to go and then show up the next day and then show up the next day and, and be super consistent over that. Because program. you believe in it truly. And the thing is, we put we put so much faith currency in other things that, you know, haven't shown up for us. Like, you know, we're putting faith currency behind going to that job that we hate. You know, we put it, you know, because we believe that that boss is going to do for us what they said. And then on Friday, that boss is going to pay me and I'm going to get some money and I'm going to use that money to do something else that I want to do. And I think, like you said, are you willing to put that in for yourself? That was the game changer for me is are you were you willing to put in what I put in to get what I get out? Don't just tell me you want to sit where I sit because you have to be willing to get up at four o'clock in the morning when you went to bed at two. And and there's no complaining that gets to go with that. And neither do you desire to complain when you love it like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's what people don't realize or understand about entrepreneurs. They can't sleep on this. I think they would like to sleep on it, but they can't sleep on it because it won't let them sleep. You know, so you got to show up every day for this thing that is calling you out of the bed every single day. And calling you into mastery. And I love it. It fires me up. To transition just a little bit, I think that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like to me, you've kind of over the past, I don't know exactly what the timeline is, maybe summer, fall of last year, like really kind of arisen as if from nowhere, right? What has that personally been like for you from kind of a mental and emotional standpoint. I love that statement because I'm not new to this. I'm new to this, right? It didn't just happen. It's just that people are awakening to what we've been doing. If you come into the Germantown area, you can't even tell the story of Germantown without saying the cupcake collection. Even though people are coming through there and doing business there and enjoying other places there, it was the work of the cupcake collection that brought all of that to the forefront. When when I came into Germantown 15 years ago, they told me no one's going to come to this area and neither are they going to stand in line for anything gourmet. And I said, I beg to differ because I'm going to have something so good. They're going to be willing to come. And then when we started having lines out the door, people would stop and say, why are they standing in that line? And Then we started helping people to sign petitions in order to bring things that had never been brought there before. And our opinion was being asked of different things that were going to come into the area. We partnered with the Predators last year for 615 Day just to bring some joy onto Nashville as we had been bottled up since the pandemic. And I would say that there have been many more things that we've been able to accomplish. It's just that now that We've been nationally seen on TV a couple of times. I think now, you know, people are awakening to it. So it it, it hasn't just been overnight for me. I've been in it. You don't even necessarily feel like things have changed all that much for for you and your life and your day to day. No, like this this has been, this has been my life and it has been the life that I knew I was going to have. So, you know, when I was a little girl, I always thought that I was going to be famous. I just didn't know what for. 
but I knew that my name required it. Cause I have this name that people stop and say, now, how do you say that? And yeah. how do you spell that? And do you know this about your name? And I'm like, absolutely I do. And so I started realizing that I had, I had a calling. I had something to do to make this name great. It couldn't just land on nothing. I had to prepare it to be something worth talking about. And my parents challenged that too. I remember some people were talking about me because I look different. People made fun of me because my eyes are a weird color for, you know, in my community and my hair was different and things like that. And I remember going home and crying to my mother about it. And my mother said, when you cease to be something to talk about, then come crying to me. And I was like, how much is like, you must be something worth talking about. That's your goal. And so that never left me that I had a responsibility to be worth talking about. And I think that's the difference between famous and infamous, right? She's like, right. have, have something always good for people that they will be able to say. And that's what I've been working on ever since. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. So what do you say? I'm trying to think of which point of view I want to ask the question from. What do you say to somebody who has that same thought of, I know I'm meant for something more. I know I'm meant to be bigger than what I currently am or bigger than what I'm currently doing. What's the next step for them to get back redirected on the path that they're supposed to be on so that they can grow into the person that they're supposed to become? I love this question. You are so good at this. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. Hey, my name is Drew. That's for why I joined Nick's program. I was in a bit of a routine um, from a previous workout perspective and just was looking to kind of jumpstart and find something new that was going to introduce me to some new ways of, of working out that were both more aggressive and, and more scheduled. Getting up early in the morning has been really uh, kind of a game changer for me and, and kind of starting the day off obviously with Nick's two workouts that he does as a group, but you know, I've, I've applied those across all of the workouts that he's built for us through the program, and, and I think it's just a great way to start the day. Getting here, working hard, and then knowing that you've accomplished that uh, to start the day, it's been really beneficial to me, uh, both from a physical perspective, but from a, a mental perspective as well. My favorite thing about the program uh, has just been the level of planning, and strategic thinking around you know your goals and how to get there and then you know, understanding that planning and all that is one thing but the application of, of those tactics and you know, Nick really helps you to think about what are the small things in my day that are going to help me get to where I need to go. You should join Nick's 10-week program. I think that there are no mistakes. I think that if you go left or if you go right, either way you're eating, that's, you know, it's like, it's like, that's so true. That fires me up. <laughs> like if you go to a restaurant and you're choosing something from the menu, whatever you decide, either way you're eating. And I think that's what the person who is trying to decide which way to go needs to understand. There are no mistakes everything that's happening to you is happening for you. And all of these things are just lessons sent for you to learn, to take you on that journey from where you are to where you want to be. Sometimes the route has to be recalculated for us. Sometimes we have to ask Siri, I've gotten a little lost and being a little off for a little while can get you really off course. Right. But there's things that you pick up off course. You know, you find that little sandwich shop that was buried or hidden, or you find that little cupcake shop. Hey, I've seen that place before, right? So there's treasures along the way. Nothing, there are no mistakes. And that's what I would want that person to know. You're getting there. The, the journey is just taking you on a different path than you expected. 
I cannot be more excited that you brought up that point because I just know so many people are worried about making the wrong decision. They're worried about pursuing the wrong goal because they're not sure that it's the best goal for them right now. And so that stagnates them and then they do nothing. And it's like, then they do nothing for a year, two years, five years down the road. And, and they still never selected a path to, to, to take. They never chose left. They never chose right. And I, I feel so blessed personally to have chosen a job when I kind of first started in my professional career. And I found out right away, I was like, I don't want to do that. And I said no to it really quickly. And I've just, personally, my journey is so much about trying things, being like, that's not what I want. (laughs) And then doing something else. And the quicker you learn what you don't want to do, you learn what you do want to do. And like you said, it provides you with information to kind of hone you in and give you more clarity as to the next step. I think people also get caught up in that too. The fact that it's taken them longer to figure it out. I was one of those people who it took longer to figure out. I got children along the way. I got married along the way and a business happened to me along the way, but I went to Xavier university to be a doctor. I wanted to be a surgeon and I didn't want to have any children. Now I have eight grandchildren. You know what I'm saying? I, and I, and my world is so full because I have those people in it. It was the very fact that I went to Xavier that prepared me to be the cupcake lady, because had I not had that experience in my science background, I wouldn't have known what to do with the ingredients when my grandmother was trying to help me make my first successful stab at making a cake. I wouldn't have been able to come up with an original recipe that has now gotten awards across the country. It is because now I know how to make anything because I understand it to be a scientific reaction. I'm not really a baker. I'm just a scientist that likes to do my chemical reactions in the kitchen. And those things have come to serve me. Had I not gone to Xavier with that intention and felt like a failure, you know, and and say, what am I supposed to do now? Because in my parents' household, in my community, doctor, lawyer, teacher, that's what you can be to be successful. That's it. You know, in any version of one of those things, you need to be able to go higher. And being a stay-at-home mom was not it. And that's where I was in my life. And I think all of those things pieced together have been the recipe to success for me. And that's what I want somebody to know. That is what showing up and showing out looks like, that you're going to show up for yourself wherever you are, whatever the situation is, whatever you have available to you. And you're going to show out with that. It doesn't matter if you don't give me light till you take that away. I created this recipe in a kitchen that had no lights in it. We didn't have lights on electricity on a regular basis. And so I want people to know that All you have is all that you need. Yes, you're going to need bigger equipment one day. Yes, you might need a fleet of delivery vehicles. Yes, you may need a food truck or yes, you may need a big computer system and all these employees. You do not need that on day one. On day one, all you need is yourself and some ammunition to believe that you can do it and that's going to perform for you. You need some faith currency and you need to not be the victim. You need to be working to be the hero of this particular story for yourself. That's yeah. what I love about Don Miller and some of the things that he's taught me along the way. Yeah. I love what you said in regards to, you know, your journey took time. And I think too many people are trying to rush into the person that they really want to become. And it's funny because I was actually asked on a podcast a couple of weeks ago that I was on. Somebody asked me about what advice that I would give to my college self And I was like, obviously it's a kind of a popular question that people ask, but I never thought about it for myself. And I was like, I think I would tell them to try not, don't figure it out too quickly. I used to always be like, I want the answer now. I want to be to the next level now, but I've gotten more peace with just being like, just do the things that you've read about other people doing and follow the principles that other people have been teaching. And it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. And so just, just be on the journey. But I think one of the things that I'm actually just kind of get back into you personally and in the cupcake collection, because I know that you kind of originally 
ran a bake sale or thought about baking when there was a Dave Ramsey said that get out of debt by doing a bake sale. And I know you grew up in New Orleans and you like to say that in in New Orleans, you guys live to eat. You don't eat to live. And and so you, you you have that background, but then you heard the Dave Ramsey thing, get out of debt with a bake sale. So you're like, I'm going to do a bake sale, darn it. And so that kind of got you going on that path. But so how much did you really love baking? And when did that, how much did you have to like grow into loving it versus that was something that you always loved and always had a passion for? I just want you to get like an award for this show, you know, and for your journalistic capabilities, uh, because these are some really good questions. I do not love baking. And I have never been a person who loves being in the kitchen. What I do love is bringing joy to people. What I do love is hospitality. What I do love is showing others what they can do if they believe. This happens to be what was gifted to me from God that I could use. I was praying for something. I actually wanted a product. I was like, God, show me a product that I can give to other people. And I, you know, I say this all the time. The product that I'm selling is not the one that people take out the door every day. Mm. They take cupcakes out in order to get the joy that it is that I'm putting on a platter for them. It's just that cupcakes are a way to do that. Cake has always been my favorite dessert. And I'm not going downstairs to whip up anything if if it's not already in my house. And what I love to do is walk into somebody's restaurant, fully me, and then be excited that I'm there. And then I'm like saying, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Let me tell you and then connect them to someone else that can do something for them. That's what I love doing. I love being a connector. And so as a child, when I was growing up, I could call my grandmother at any point and say, Grandma, can you make me a cake? And my grandmother would do it. She loved me that much. And I feel like she would love you that much or anybody connected to me that much to do it also for them. I mean, my grandmother was using all of her own money to do this for other people if they just up and said that they wanted it. And I think that's what's running on the inside of me, that desire to give generously to other people so that they can feel joy. My grandmother was just good at doing it in her kitchen. And at any point you could come to her house and find a full meal cooked there. and You could bring anybody with you. There was enough to share. And I learned to drive very early on. And my mother gave me a lot of trust. So a lot of responsibility was left on me. And there is seven years between me and my next sister. So I was pretty much always kind of the only child because the one above me is 10 years older than me. And then my brother, who is right next to me, always wanted to try to be my daddy. And so we never, (laughs) but you know, I was always running away from him. But I, I spent a lot of time going to my grandmother's house behind the wheel and she lived two hours away. And so I would drive along the bayou to go see my grandmother and say, grandma, will you make me a cake? And even if she didn't already have a cake there, she'd get up and go make me one. And what it made me feel like was I was special to her. You can't tell me that you found a book that my grandmother wrote about how much she hated me. (laughs) I wouldn't believe it. Even if it was in her own handwriting, because she always made me feel seen and heard. And one of the ways she did that was right out of her kitchen. And I think that's what the cupcake collection means for me. I would say the only thing that I love about being in a kitchen and baking is how people feel. When I I heard you say earlier about people wanting to get quickly to the end of what it is they want to do, they want to get quickly to success. And I want to say that there is no quick road for that. And it makes me think about cake. If I wanted a cake for my grandmother and I had gotten to her house and there was no cake, that means I need to spend the night because I can't go back home under the the darkness because there's not a lot of light between Gibson, Louisiana, where my grandmother lived and New Orleans, at least not in the 90s. And so now they have highways and all that kind of stuff to get you there a lot faster. But that would mean that I had to spend the night. So that means that she has to prepare for me. 
That means that she has to go and mix the ingredients. She's always got them on hand. Somehow she never has to go to the grocery store. I don't know how she ever lived like that, but she always had the things that she needed. And then she would take time to make whatever it was that I was asking for. And that's what I want people to understand. It takes time to make whatever you're asking for. And if you take it out prematurely, you don't get what you were asking for. You get a mess. And so sometimes you have to sit and wait for the cake to bake. A lot of times we want to rush the process. If you turn the heat up too fast, you're going to burn the outside and have a raw interior. It's the same thing that goes with your business or your desire to be whatever it is you want to be. If you turn the heat up too fast, you're going to get burned. And on the inside, you're going to be a mess. And so I want people to know that it takes time to get what you want. And we're so busy taking things out early and calling them done when they're not finished. You got to wait for the cake to go through the process in order for it to rise. And then once it's risen and you can call it a cake, then you have to wait for it to cool in order to frost it. Because then if you do that too fast, then all of the butter is going to melt out of the frosting and then you won't even have anything beautiful. So that's what I want your listeners to think about is it takes time to achieve this beautiful cake that you're going to put candles in and tell somebody, I thought about you. I've made something for you that is good for the marketplace. And now it can, it can, st- it can withstand some stuff. When I put another layer on top of this cake and I put buttercream in between and I slice it up and carve it into a character or whatever I'm going to do with it, I'm going to poke holes in it and stick candles on top of it. That's fire and heat. And it's going to withstand everything because it's ready. It's ready to stand up to the things that's going to happen to it. And it's going to be memorable when somebody else experiences it. Yeah, that was good. That was good. You know, a, a principle in its nature applies to across things. And it's funny how you did such a beautiful job of describing success principles when it comes to a cake, baking a cake and how it so directly aligns with that as well. I just think that's, that's so powerful. And one of the things I just, I love how your grandma has such a big influence and big impact on you and your life. Cause same thing with both of my grandmothers. And now that you are a, a grandmother of eight grandchildren, what do you think is the biggest and you might've just talked about it, but what do you think is the biggest lesson that she taught you as a grandma that now you look to do and live out as a grandmother yourself? Yeah, my grandmother was a good manager. She was a good manager away from home, meaning that she had to leave her children while she went to take care of another family's household. Mm -hmm. But she taught them independence and she taught them how to run her household in her absence. That's not necessarily what I want to teach them, but what I want to teach them is the bigness of what my grandmother taught me to be. My grandmother was fully present with us. She could watch TV, go to sleep on it, and know the whole conversation that you were having in her sleeping and know what was happening on the television when you wake up and say, Grandma, go to bed. No, I'm not sleeping. I was here. I know what happened. And I think that she was a great human being. And I think that that's what a lot of us miss. We're so busy doing and not being. And so a concept I've been teaching in the world is, what do you want to be when you grow up? My grandmother's hands were so shiny from work. She worked her skin into a sheen. It was almost as if her hand, her skin was thin from washing, whether that is dishes or clothes or floors and caring for others. And she wanted so much for us. So now what I want to be is a lighthouse in my community to show others what good business looks like and to light the way for others to know what they can do if they believe. She worked hard 
I just finished coming from seeing the Donna Summer musical. And I just think she worked hard for the money, right? But she knew who she was and she knew what she wanted to be. And she knew what she wanted to be to her family. And that's what I want to know for my children. When, when I talked to my granddaughter recently, she's seven. And I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, kind. And I said, yes. That's what you want to be, because so many times we respond with what do you want to be when you grow up with what you want to do and what we want to be versus what we want to do speaks nothing to our career. We often respond as human doings, but we're human beings. And so being speaks to your character and your existence. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think I want to show them most how to be in situations. And I think of all the things that they can be in the world or that she could be in the world to choose to be kind is epic at seven. Instead of saying, I want to be a dancer. No, no, no. That's what you're going to do. Right. I I want to be a scientist. No, no, no. That's what you're going to do. Cause I can still do science, but what kind of scientists are you going to be? I want to be one that brings joy. I want to be joyful. I want to be kind. I want to be memorable. I want to be giving. I want to be hospitable. I want to be like Christ. I want to live like and lead like Jesus. And those are the things I want people to know and remember when they think of me. Human beings, not human doings. And I think that's that's so apparent. I think that's such a question that we need to be more intentional about asking ourselves on a regular basis because so many times, and, and, and me personally, because I help people with goal setting both with fitness and outside of fitness. And I know, I think me too gets trapped into setting goals based off of doings rather than beings. And so when you can set a goal based off of how you show up in the world and, and how you be in the world, then I think that's such a powerful thing that more people need to be taking seriously and taking action on an, on a regular basis. But I want to make sure I uh, get you out of here on time and make sure you can get on that uh, good old solid walk here this afternoon. But uh, before I ask the last question here, Mignon, I just want to acknowledge you for being that person who did overcome your limiting beliefs and did realize that you were meant to be someone and you had the faith currency to take action on that and to show up every single day until it has now continued to happen over the years. And I know it will can just continue to happen more and more so. And for you to be patient with the process and, and being okay with it, taking time, I think that just speaks so much to the the faith currency that you have had in the past and, and you continue to have. And then I know it's been a joy for me to listen to you just over the past few months since I've become aware of you since listening to you on the podcast. And I know that you're going to just continue to inspire so many others. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you opening up your platform and your audience to me. I promised God that if he would make me successful, I would tell anyone who would listen about what they could do if they believe. And you're just helping me to keep my promise to God. So I thank you for that. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Well, y'all make sure that you go follow Mignon on Instagram. If you don't already at Mignon.Francois, that's M-I-G-N-O-N dot F-R-A-N-C-O. I-S. You also need to make sure that those of you guys living here in Nashville, I know some of you probably live in Germantown too. Go to the Cupcake Collection if you've never been to it yet. You can also go learn more at thecupcakecollection.com and they deliver to your doorstep. So And I'm we like, ship nationwide. I don't I don't think I realized that until I went to the uh, website recently when kind of doing my preparation and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm going to start doing for people's birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> I love shipping, it. I love it. Shipping uh Shipping the cupcake collection to their place. So uh, I love sure. that. I think that's a wonderful gift idea. And if there's anything that they heard here today that they love and they think it's a tweetable moment, you can also catch me on Twitter at Mignon Francois underscore. Last question, Mignon, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey. I don't think we'll ever become that best version. And I think it's a unique journey as well. I think that the way that you're going to get closer to the best version of yourself is going to be a little bit different than the way that I get closer to the best version of myself. So Last question is for you personally. If there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to become the best version of Mignon Francois that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? 
Well, uh, showing up to my writing sessions every morning like I'm supposed to as I'm on a deadline to get this book finished in the next couple of weeks. We're expecting to have that ready for gift giving season and be on a press tour over the summer so I could show up to my writing sessions like I need to every single morning. Walking my dog, as I said, you know, I I told you that for the rest of 22, I'm standing in the mirror and I'm telling myself, girl, you're fine. And I mean that, you know, saying, girl, you're good enough and and telling myself that and not expecting that to come from anybody else if it doesn't first come from me. And I think just more than anything else, I love talking to God in the mornings and being intentional about that every day is the game changer for me. When I can spend time with God and have that quiet time, the Bible says in Genesis 1 that before God began to create, he hovered with the Holy Spirit over chaos. And after they hovered together, that's when he began to create. And I think that it's so important that I spend time with God before I even enter out into the world. That's how I really show up as my best self. When I let God sit with me and look at all my chaotic self and all the chaos that I'm in, and then listen as he begins to whisper to me, okay, this is which way we're going, do this and do that, and then be obedient to it, I think I will never fail. But what I'm learning in the process is that you either win or you learn. You never lose. Because if you learn, then that means you've won. Mignon, it's been an absolute joy to use the term in the back there to uh, to have you on today. I know so many people were super inspired by your story and your words of wisdom. So y'all make sure, like she said, to go follow her on Twitter, on Instagram, to go to the Cupcake Collection and make sure that you send the next person in your life, loved one, friend, family member, a cupcake to their doorstep or two for their birthday and everything like that. But that's all we got today, Mignon. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Y'all, that episode was something else. I mean, I fell in love with Mignon the moment that I heard her on another podcast, and that love just grew deeper and deeper from the moment that she hopped on the Zoom with me. Be sure you go follow her on Instagram at mignon.com. Francois, which is M-I-G-N-O-N dot F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S. And if you live here in Nashville, be sure you go visit the Cupcake Collection in Germantown. It is absolutely amazing. Now, don't go too much to the Cupcake Collection, but if you have a birthday or somebody you know has a birthday or a celebration, this is the place for you. Remember, there is no such thing as mistakes. There's no such thing as choosing the wrong goal as long as you're moving forward, or as Mignon says, as long as you're eating. Because whether you go left or you go right, you're still eating, you're still taking action, and something positive will come of it. Because you either win or you learn. And learning in and of itself is winning. Remember to not set goals just based on doing, but set goals based on being. Because we're not human doings, we're human beings. Be the kind of human being that you wanna be. Be the friend that you want to be the family, be the family member that you want to be, the spouse, the father, mother, brother, sister, son, and daughter that you want to be. And last but not least, remember to be consistent. Show up when others aren't willing to show up. Do the things that other people aren't willing to do. Make sure you guys share this episode with a friend or family member. Again, send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And remember to leave a five-star rating and review and let me know what you loved about Mignon and your favorite takeaway was. But for now, it's time. It's time to go show up and show out. It's time to apply these amazing lessons and principles shared by Mignon today because they will undoubtedly serve you in getting closer and closer to your best you. 